In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Amen. I want to preach, people of God, as you shall pray for and with me, as the Lord shall give me help from the topic, wanting to do what God wants you to do. Wanting to do what God wants me to do. Let me say it again. Wanting to do what God wants me to do. Lord, bless your word. Bless me as your instrument. Let your word fall on fresh and fertile ground. Remove every distraction, barrier that might keep us from hearing from heaven. Make our hearts humble our ears receptible and our spirits malleable so your word might go forth with clarity your words my mouth in Jesus name amen wanting to do what God wants me to do one of the great truths of the Christian gospel and the Christian life is a simple yet profound truth that God uses people. While it seems elementary and simplistic, it is profoundly simple that the God who controls the cosmos, uses people. God does not just use angels, but God uses people. God does not just use the seraphim, but God also uses people. For those of us who are saved by the blood of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit and aware of Scripture. We can testify that God has and God is in the present tense using people. 
For those of us who have a degree of spiritual maturity, we can testify across the length and journey of our lives that God has and God is using us. God uses men and women. God uses the 80-year-old and God uses the 8-year-old. God uses the white-collar person and the blue-collar person. God uses the extrovert and God uses the introvert. God uses the spiritual neophyte and God uses the long-standing believer. God uses those of us who are faithful and God uses those of us who are flawed. God uses those of us who are always inspired and God uses those of us who are imperfect. God uses black people and God uses white people. God uses Democrats, Libertarians, Republicans, and Independents. God can use a Caucasian man and God can use a woman of biracial descent. Y'all ain't talking to me on this Sunday morning. God can use Native Americans and God can use the Hispanic. God just doesn't use a particular kind of person, but God uses all of humanity in the beauty of our diversity. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. Look back over the length and journey of your life. You are where you are, not just because God has been good, gracious, and merciful, but God has raised up people to bless your life, encourage you, discipline you with love, intercede for you, recommend you, open doors for you, make ways for you, God is sovereign, God is good, God is providential as God demonstrates his sovereignty, goodness, and providential nature, God uses people. Can I preach this word? According to this New Testament text in the Acts of the Apostles, which I think is better named the Acts of the Holy Spirit. God is using an unknown person by the name of Ananias to make a difference in the life of a new believer by the name of Saul. Miraculously, God has picked up, turned around, and performed a sanctified 180-degree turn in the life of a former bounty hunter by the name of Saul. Don't tell me God can't do the miraculous. If you know anything about the background of Saul, then Saul being in Damascus in the house of Judas, praying unto God is a miracle in and of itself. For those of us who know about the life of Saul, we know that Saul was a unsanctified yet sincere bounty hunter who thought he was doing the work of God by persecuting and arresting Christians who were followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Yet in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, God works a miracle in the life of Saul. While Saul is making his way to Damascus to arrest Christians, God does the miraculous by confronting him with the presence of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ who picks him up, turns him around, and points him in a new direction. Now Saul is in the house of a man by the name of Judas on Straight Street in Jerusalem while on the other side of town while Saul is praying unto God God is speaking to a person by the name of Ananias who's going to be Reverend Robinson a bridge builder to Saul so he can become the great missionary that he is going to become in the New Testament and church history as a new Christian, Saul needs acceptance, love, encouragement, fellowship, and follow-through to be embraced by the body of Christ called church. And God is calling Ananias to be a bridge builder in the life of Saul, lest Saul does not become who God has destined him to become. And while this unique call is placed upon the life of Ananias, the text says Ananias is reluctant to do what God is calling him to do. As a Christian, Ananias knows what he should do. As a believer, Ananias knows that Saul needs to be prayed for, embraced, loved, extended the right hand of loving fellowship, and embraced as a brother in Christ. Yet, based upon what Ananias knows about Saul, what he'd unheard about Saul, Saul's reputation, Ananias is reluctant to do what God is calling him to do, which is to embrace love and fellowship with Saul as a new believer. While the temptation is for you and I to look upon Ananias with judgment, many of us men ought to be honest with ourselves on this Sunday morning. There's some Ananias in you and Ananias in me. We know what God has called us to do, yet if the truth be known, we are apprehensive, we are reluctant, and sometimes we are downright disobedient concerning what God calls us to do. I wish I had an honest witness in the house who would just say, amen, pastor, you're preaching real good. We know what God has said. We know the word of God. We know what God is calling us to be and what God is calling us to do. Yet if the truth be known, we are reluctant to do what God is asking us to do. God wants us to forgive, let it go, and reconcile, but we are reluctant. God wants us to tithe, give generously, and live an open-handed life, yet we are reluctant. God wants us to use our gifts, our abilities, and talents for the glory of God and the blessing of another life, yet we are reluctant. God wants us to pray fast and immerse ourselves in the word of God, yet we are reluctant. 
God wants us to accept, embrace, encourage, and love believers the way somebody loved us. Yet we are reluctant. God wants us to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Yet we are reluctant. God wants us to surrender, not a peace, but all. Love God with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Yet we are reluctant. God wants us to tell our testimony, share our story, and let our light shine so the world can see the goodness of God. Yet if the truth be known, we are reluctant. Can I preach this word? Yet according to this text, after wrestling and wrestling, after debating and disputing, after going back and forth, Ananias raises the white flag of surrender and says, God, not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. If you want me to go lay hands on Saul, I'm scary, I'm apprehensive, I'm reluctant, I ain't excited or enthusiastic but God because you've been so good I'm going to do what you tell me to do and on this Sunday morning I preach this word to encourage somebody to get to the point in your life where we say Lord not my will but your will not what I want to do not my opinion but I'm going to do what you ask me to do I want to want to do what you want me to do. Can I preach this word? And as believers, our utmost responsibility ought to be to want to do what God wants us to do. I know you're scary. I know you're apprehensive. I know you're reluctant. But God is not going to ask us to do something that God will not always provide for when he asks us to do it. He's Alpha and Omega. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning, and knows everything in between. And if God asks you to do it, God's going to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. God's going to equip you with what you need. God's going to give you everything you need to do what God is asking you to do. Do I have one witness right now on this Sunday morning who can testify? I didn't want to go, but God gave me everything I needed. I didn't want to say yes, but God gave me everything I needed. I got the helmet of salvation. I got the breastplate of righteousness. I got the sword of the spirit. I got sandals gird with, can I preach this word on this Sunday morning? God will call you, but God will equip you with what you need to do what he's calling you to do. What does this text teach us about wanting to do what God wants me to do? If you're going to do what God wants you to do, and not just reluctantly, not just haphazardly, not just half-heartedly, but if you're going to do it, Boo Cunningham, you got to do it with enthusiasm. Can I preach this? If you're going to do it, do it. Come on, Cain. Ain't no half-stepping. Come on, I'm getting old school. Tell fair. Can I preach this? If you're going to do it, do it. If I'm going to do what God wants me to do, 
got to make myself available. Ananias, we don't know anything about Ananias' scheme. All we do know is that he got the name of a man, Adela, who in Acts chapter 5, Deacon Don, was killed for lying about giving. Same name, but different character. This Ananias, we don't know anything about him except that he was a Jew. But has become a believer if you read Acts chapter 22. And now as a believer, he is making himself available to be used by God. If you want to do what God wants you to do, amen somebody, you got to make yourself available. Sometimes we have talked ourselves out of God using us because we have questioned or doubted or second guessed our ability. If I could sing like Sister Janice, if I had the mind of a Eugene Weeks, if I had the articulation of a D. McGee, y'all ain't talking to me. If I had what Reverend Sam has, if I could run a marathon, then I could make myself available. But somebody needs to hear this word on this morning that God will give you the ability if you make yourself available. Sometimes we have talked ourselves out of blessings and being used by God because we have said, if I could do it the way so-and-so could do it, if I could do it the way he could do it or she could do it, then I would volunteer, raise my hand, and let the Lord use me. No, sometimes God just wants to use you. Can I preach this? Somebody just needs to make yourself available. God is calling you to be a missionary. God is calling you to be hospitable. God is calling you to be an encourager. God is calling you to be an intercessor. God is calling you to be a light in the midst of your workplace environment. God is calling you to smile. God is calling you to testify. God is calling you to spread the good news. But in many cases, you and I, like Moses, I, 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 I can't do it because I got a stutter. I can't do it because I'm introverted. I can't do it because I don't have this. I don't have that. If you make yourself available, somebody help me preach. God will meet you where you are, give you what you need, and use you for the glory of God. Doing what God asks us to do just requires that we raise the hand and say, here I am, Lord. If you want somebody to preach, I'll preach. If you want somebody to go, I'll go. If you want somebody to sing, I'll sing. If you want somebody to be hospitable, I'll be hospitable. If you want somebody to testify, I'll testify. I ain't dot every I, haven't crossed every T. I got some stuff in my background, but I'll make myself available to be used by God. He makes himself available. He just doesn't make himself available. Let me preach this word. He adjusts his attitude. I'm in deep water right now. This ain't the kiddie pool. Because sometimes we'll make ourselves available. But are we willing to adjust our attitude? I mean, God, if you ask me to preach in church, I'll do it. But you asking me to go testify to Saul. 
I knew Stephen. Stephen was my man, my road dog, my main apple scrapple. And Saul was there. Y'all ain't talking to me. He didn't throw the rocks, but he held the coats of the people who threw the rocks. And now you got the audacity, God, to ask me to lay hands and greet somebody who killed somebody that I was connected with. I done heard stuff about him. He, he's arrested people. He, he's been mean. He's been nasty. He's been unkind. But if God is going to use us, it's not just availability, it's adjustment of attitude. Can I preach this? Let me, let me dig a little deeper on this Sunday morning. The attitude isn't always nasty, mean. Sometimes the attitude is one of indifference. It ain't always that you cussing somebody. Sometimes you just ignore folk. Can I preach this? It ain't that we done talked about them and their mama. We just act like they are not existent. It ain't like we done said anything cross to them. We haven't ice grilled them. We haven't mean mugged them. We just act like, come on, can I go old school? Like they are the invisible man or the invisible woman. Like they are not even a part of God's creation. And sometimes in order to be used by God, it ain't just availability. God has to adjust our attitude. I can't not care, I got to care. I can't be a hater, I got to celebrate what God does in your life. I can't be a grudger, I got to be a forgiver and reconciler. I can't be envious, but I got to learn to share the blessings of God with you like God shares them with me. I can't just worry about me and mine. I got to worry about the whole world. I got to adjust my attitude. Can I preach this? And sometimes I need to make myself available, but sometimes like Ananias, I got to let God have the last word. Notice what Ananias says. I done heard stuff about him. I heard that he has been arresting believers, but then God has the last word. Sometimes to let God adjust our attitude, we can't go back and forth. We got to let God have the last word and say, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. I'll lay hands on them. I'll pray for them, God. I'm scary. I'm reluctant, but I done adjusted my attitude. Lord, I'm renewing my mind. I'm keeping my mind stayed on you. I ain't hating no more, but now I'm celebrating. I'm not being mean and nasty, but I'm being kind and gracious. I'm not looking at their faults, but I'm looking at what they do well. I'm not looking down on nobody unless I'm going to help somebody. I've adjusted my attitude. And let me raise this question before I go and cut across the field. What attitude in my life do I need to adjust so God can use me more? 
I'm going to say this and somebody's going to get mad. It's a sin and a shame. I'm on social media last night and God knows politically me and Donald Trump, uh, he's speaking Mandarin. I'm speaking pig Latin. Amen, somebody. But when the man's brother dies, that's the time to pray for the man. It ain't the time to hate on nobody. It ain't the time to be mean and nasty. It ain't the time to be cruel. That's the time. Amen, somebody. You got to be big enough to be gracious. You got to be big enough to be an intercessor. You got to be big enough to be merciful. Politically, we don't agree, but you don't want to see anybody suffer. You don't want to see anybody go through. Sometimes you got to adjust your attitude so God can use you more. Go on, preach, Harry. Uh, wanting to do what God wants me to do requires that I make myself available, that I adjust my attitude, but that I become aware and reacquainted with the history of a God who can do any and everything. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm about to close right now. But Ananias is a new believer himself. Ananias was a Jew. And as a Jew, Ananias is aware of the history of the Old Testament. And Ananias initially is reluctant and apprehensive about going to lay hands on Saul because he knows Saul's history and reputation. Can God change Saul? He don't have the best name anyhow. Y'all ain't talking to me. Can God really do what Jesus is saying he wants to do in the life of Saul? I know what the Lord said. He's going to use him as a preacher to the Gentiles. And if God gets a hold of him, he's going to be a great missionary and write more than two-thirds of the New Testament. But can God really do it? And then Ananias, Rem Sam, had to think. He grew up in Hebrew school. So he knew about a God who could do any and everything. He knew about a God who could create the world in six days and rest on the seventh day. He knew about a God who could take an old man by the name of Abraham and take an old woman by the name of Sarah and create a bouncing boy by the name of Isaac. He knew about a God who could use the staff of Moses and allow it to stretch across the Red Sea and open the Red Sea like I-40 and God's people could walk across on dry land. He knew about a God who could make the sun stand still and allow the people of God to fight a battle they should have lost so God's people could say it was not us but it was God. He knew about a God who could take a young boy by the name of David and with nothing more than five smooth stones and a slingshot and defeat a warrior by the name of Goliath. He knew about a God who could raise the question, is there anything too hard for God? And Ananias, once he thought about what God had done, and thought about the power and ability of God and the capability of God. Ananias said, I got to rest my case.
this is the God of the Bible who can do anything but fail. And Ananias said, I got to go lay hands on him. Because if I lay hands on him, God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And when you believe that God can do anything, and you got the blessed assurance that God is a miracle worker, and God has all power, and God is awesome and able, you'll go where he says go. You'll do what he says you ought to do. You'll lay hands when you ought to lay hands. And you'll preach when you ought to preach because you believe the power ain't in you but the power is in God does anybody remember where God brought you from anybody believe that you are a miracle anybody shouldn't be alive but God kept you alive do I have anybody on this Sunday morning who can testify I know he's able I know he's able I know he's able able to heal able to bless able to fight my battles able to keep my mind able to turn me around able to open doors able to make ways he's able Whatever God asks you to do, scary, doubtful, reluctant, sometimes just downright resistant, just do it. Just do it. Make yourself available. You don't have to have uber ability. God will give you what you need. Told some of y'all, I used to stutter. I had a speech pathologist. Now I'm a preacher. Don't tell me, don't tell me what God can't do. God will untie your tongue and let you preach. Adjust your attitude. Adjust your attitude. Be big enough to be gracious. You questioning who really black, who ain't black. Adjust your attitude. Can a woman lead? Well, your mama was a single mama. She led you. Black women been leading since the dawn of creation. I said God is able. I said God is able. God is able. Somebody right now this Sunday morning, God is calling somebody this week to be obedient. I don't know what area of life you've been disobedient, you've been reluctant, you've been resistant. Don't tell God what God cannot empower you to do. Don't even talk yourself out of obedience. Well, if I could, what? no, you can. If God said you can, you can. You can. Whatever area of life it is for you to be obedient, do it. Whatever it is, God's calling somebody to obedience. The obedience for somebody right now is to accept Jesus as your Savior, to unite with Watch Chapel. You don't have a church home, my sister, my brother. There's somebody who's joining right now. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. Go to the Contact Us tab. 
Unite with Watch Chapel right now. Somebody before midnight, you're going to make this decision. We receive you with open arms. We're going to be the Ananias Missionary Baptist Church and receive you. I don't care what your past is, what you done did, the skeletons. We're going to be Ananias in your life. Let me help somebody. You being Ananias to somebody can change history. You and I being Ananias to somebody can change history. You think about all the St. Paul churches all across our world because somebody named Ananias was kind, gracious. Y'all ain't talking to me. Join, contact us, tab. Want to be your pastor. We'll be in touch with you this week. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. Our choir is going to bless us as we leave this place. May God bless you real good. Amen. that he gets the glory out of our lives. Hey.
Jesus. Hey.